This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Didi Lancy is the Chief Operating Officer of Fieldcraft Survival. Didi Lancy won our Supporters Program Drive in July for the Cal Elk Hunt in Southern Colorado. And I got to be a part of witness Didi's first kill, which was a cow elk on the side of a mountain in Southern Colorado. An amazing experience. We're super humbled to be a part of it. And so I wanted a podcast with her after the hunt to really get her feelings, her emotions, and really just talk through this idea of hunting and what it means and her lifestyle and why she decided to go from being a non-hunter, which is what she was, to being now a hunter that has killed and has filled her family's freezers with this healthy organic meat. So enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. I really Sounds wish... Perfect. Uh, oh, I'll save it. It's going already. Oh. You really wish what? I really wish you could have set up a nicer view for us to do... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I... Uh, this podcast from? Snow on the mountaintops. Just enough snow. Just enough. Not too much. Look, this South African doesn't do very well in snow. And supposedly there's a bunch of snow coming tomorrow. Um, I walked in snow today. How did that feel? 
Amazing, since we're living in Memphis, Tennessee, that w- should get snow this year, but it uh, regularly does not get snow. It was just enough snow. It wasn't too much. You get a lot of snow where you live? We get just enough. I grew up in a lot of snow. So I grew up in Vail, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And um, Salt Lake has an, a nicer amount of snow, f- at least for me. Uh, nine months of snow in Vail was too much for me. That is um, a little much. Yeah. So we can we can grow things in Salt Lake City and still have a full-on winter with snow and all the benefits of the mountains really close. Well, um, congratulations. You have been... How many... You've been hunting a little bit, right? Yes. So I've been hunting a little bit. Um, how long have you been hunting? Well, I've been... I've been actively becoming a beginner hunter for a couple of years. Okay. We, my husband and I went um, archery elk hunting public land in Utah full on last year. And um, we went out multiple times throughout the season and basically hiked around and learned a bunch about mm-hmm. about um, just gear and what not to do and what to do and what works sure, best sure. for us. And super humbling experience, but we learned a ton. We saw, you know, six big bull throughout the season. They were all hanging out on public, uh, private land that was adjacent to the public land. But, um, and then more recently, hunting in Georgia for whitetail. Yeah. And then Where I I had the pleasure of meeting you. That's right, in person. We had met uh, in the virtual realm that's and right. Talked on the phone, but yep. yeah, we got to meet in person in Georgia. That was wonderful. Well, I can't remember. I was trying to remember this today, actually. I was whether once, I guess, whilst we're sitting around your elk, um, were you the one who coordinated the calendar for Mike to get onto our podcast? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I had totally forgotten. So, Blood Origins sounded really familiar. Yeah. When when I started putting the pieces together, when it came th- sort of back into my view mm-hmm. uh, via Montana Knife Company. Mm-hmm. And then you said something about that, uh, organizing the podcast, and your voice sounded really familiar. But looking back at that point in time, I was like, so much was going on. Absolutely. And I was um, coordinating a bunch of sort of different things in different sort of verticals of what we do mm-hmm. that um, I was like, oh, that's that's why it sounds so familiar. That's why he sounds so familiar. So, yes. Well, D.D. Uh, Lancey, number one, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Thank you. Number two, welcome to the tribe, officially. I, it feels very official, and thank you very much. I'm super um, excited to be a part of the tribe, and also I feel like it's very serendipitous that it's with Blood Origins in this location, with you, and oh, like the whole thing. So, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, we are here at a, at a place called Trinchera. Trinchera is 170,000 acres of private ranch, essentially, in southern Colorado, uh, where they obviously have a bunch of wildlife, they do a bunch of conservation work, they do a bunch of forestry work. Um, but it is private land hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hunted this morning. And you were one of the lucky winners of our supporters program. Uh, you decided to dig into your back pocket and give us 10 bucks a month, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you got entered into a draw of our elk, cow elk hunt, yourself and uh, Ryan Martin. 
one. And here we are. Unbelievable. It, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's it's truly like what a gift. Um what a what a gift. Oh, especially to someone who had never hunted. Like yeah. you know, Ryan killed the cow elk also this morning, but he's a he's a hunter. Been hunting for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you know, I know that he's very appreciative of it and he's gonna he's gonna take all the meat home and whatnot, but for someone to win it, like Dee Dee Lancey, that was not that was trying to hunt, had not killed anything yeah. yet, and you got to do it on a hunt that we gave away here. Yeah, it's absolutely serendipitous. Yeah, it feels, I mean, it's super cool. First of all, it's amazing what you personally are up to and then what you guys are up to um, with Blood Origins. So I feel, I feel very, it, it really resonates with me what you guys are doing. It resonates with what, I'm doing in my personal life and and committed to doing for myself, but also for my children, for them to have um, this knowledge base, however they implement it into their lives. But my husband and I are very much like committed to learning and and earning it and and doing the work. So to to feel this really like um, yeah, just be sort of rewarded in this way or or really get. I feel super grateful to be here and to have won this giveaway and um, I'm really soaking up the experience and also all, all there is to learn here. So, so a non hunter that's listening to you just heard you say that you killed your first animal this morning. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose to kill that animal this morning? A few things. Uh, My husband and I are committed to getting closer to where our, our food comes from specifically we've made very large changes in our in our day-to-day life to make that happen we do live in the heart of salt lake city so um, we've had to make the world that that we actually live in meet up with some fairly major goals that we have mm-hmm. so um, we've changed our whole entire front yard into raised planter beds and mm-hmm. we um, we plant and harvest vegetables and fruit and a bunch of things from the front yard and then we've got uh, 12 chickens in the back yard and I have two colonies of bees that I that I keep and harvest um, the honey from so which I was fortunate to get a little bottle of today so thank you tiny gift Mm -hmm. thank you Um, and so on an on a small scale and and really at whatever scale is available I want to continue that that intention throughout Mm -hmm. so where we can't go buy 500 acres right now our life is not set up for that on like in multiple form factors and I want I want to do what I can where I can Mm -hmm. so hunting is is an active part of that is it is a steep learning curve and the the price of entry not just as far as like the financial but the the knowledge base it's it makes you super humble. At least it makes me super humble, and it and it gets me into curiosity, and it gets me into learning. So, um, that those sort of two components are are my why is mm-hmm. to get closer to where my my food comes from, and also to um, to continue to be uh, or committed to be a beginner at multiple things in my life as as I move forward. Um, but also then to give my my children this knowledge base that um I was a little bit dipped into like I I saw hunting around me as a kid 
my grandfather actually hunted a ton in Africa and okay. I was around a lot of mounts. But dad didn't hunt, mom didn't hunt? Dad and mom didn't hunt. My stepdad hunted, did an elk, one elk hunt every year. Okay. And so um, where, where in my early years I was around mounts and like uh, zebra rugs and things like that, it felt very, very distant, very far away because my grandfather would go to Africa. Mm. It would happen, mm-hmm. right, in a vacuum far away. Mm-hmm. And then the things would just appear in the living room. So there was no connection between, like, what had actually gone down or how it went. Fast forward to my years with my stepdad. And he would go on one elk hunt a year. And um, there were a couple of years that my mom and I actually went up to the elk camp, visited him for an evening, and then hiked back out and came down and then the connection between, like, for instance, what we just saw outside where he would harvest an elk and it would appear in mm-hmm. the garage. The 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 links started to sort of, or the dots started to come together to where, oh, he went out, then it appeared, and now it's on the plate. Where I really want, like, my kids to be, like, a part of, oh, this is this is the work that has to go into it. Sure. And this is, this is the reward and this is the benefit. Yeah, yeah. And they're still really young, and I, I know that, that that might not occur, but, but mm-hmm. if you plant the seed now, mm-hmm. then it has a chance of coming to fruition, like, in the future. So, um, so yeah, I just, I myself, like, personally, super selfish, want to, want to provide eventually as, like, a long-term goal. I mean, eventually 100%, but, but mm-hmm. as a, let's say, a short-term, long-term goal. 50% of our of our meat protein right. I would like to harvest ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So you never really had a negative perception about hunting mm. in your background. No. Mm-mm. I just it just felt very uh, a little bit distant and mm. unattainable uh-huh, uh-huh. of where like where to start. Just like just how to uh, like the barrier of entry from an information perspective or was it f- everything information access guns information access um timing and um yeah just like my husband was really great when we lived in colorado years ago he would just he got a small game license and would just go out and and he really enjoys just being outside Mm -hmm. i um i didn't end up joining him on those small game hunts very often maybe like once but as i feel like i've come into um a level of awareness around specifically food and my connection to our food. I think I'm becoming more, um, more interested in, in becoming incrementally more self-reliant and more self like resilient as a couple and as a family to where, um, it's becoming more and more important to me to just get into action of, okay, where to start. I might not know where to start Mm -hmm. the tag, the, you know, getting tags can feel mm-hmm. like very uh, confusing yep. in some states. Sure. And, but just, just to start, just to do it, just start asking questions. You, you're really great at um, talking about, you know, who you know, and, and not in the terms of like, who you know, that can, that can help me out as far as like, um, like on, on a negative way, but, but really just like listen, ask questions and listen to people who are acti- actively doing the thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of people around me that hunt. Sure. And so just start asking questions. Yeah. I, I work with a guy that has a ton of knowledge around 
um, around getting tags. Brian, my husband, you know, sinks his teeth into that sort of um, realm and just really does the research for us and like kind of gives me the cliff notes because he knows I'm like a little bit oversaturated with some other things, (laughs) but I can balance out like my knowledge base with like, I'm looking forward to preparing the food Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, you know, getting creative in that realm. That's my, that's my jam. So coming to Trinchera, you said in a text message last night, it was like going on your sc- a school field trip. Oh, yeah. Um, so I want to talk through the hunt okay. for someone who's like, man, okay, I've, I've always wanted to hunt. Um, firstly, you came with a weapon that you were very confident in, mm-hmm. right? Yes. How confident were you or how do you know you were confident in that gun? Um, well, first of all, the gun came highly recommended by people that I deeply respect and who know weapons very well. So that's one. Um, then cross-referencing and doing some, um, research on which weapon is the appropriate weapon and also which ammunition is the appropriate ammunition for, um, the specific hunt that we are going on was really important to me. What I've realized through this process is the preparation is so important. Like having trust in the people around you and having trust in your weapons and your equipment um, is is super important, at, le- at least to me. Um, and it's it's become m- more obvious to me as I, I get out and do more hunting, mm-hmm. how just how important that is. So started with the weapon, um, yeah, it's a SIG Cross mm-hmm. 308 mm-hmm. and um, shot it enough to, to where I felt uh, proficient with it and confident in my scope and myself. And then no, just knowing Not how. afraid of the weapon. Not afraid of the weapon, mm-hmm. no. Um, and really um, am, like empowered to use it properly Okay. and respectful of the weapon. Okay. So this morning we get up, it's freaking dark. It's dark 30 when we get up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, but it, it was windy all night. Yes, I did. Wind was pumping all night. And I was like, oh, this, you know, wind's not very good for hunting. Um, any, you, you know, you're sitting down for breakfast. Did you have a big breakfast? So another thing that I've learned about myself through the, what I've jokingly kind of called hunt, uh, hiking through the woods, carrying a weapon up until this day uh, is that I really do need to take care of myself as far as my nutrient level and caloric intake. Mm-hmm. So as, as excited and nerve sighted as I was, um, woke up multiple times through the night. I did hear the wind and I did uh, get myself back to sleep. I have been doing some visualization work and um, and specifically around the nerves and adrenaline that I knew were going to be coming when I um, got in front of or around the animals um, or animal. And so I've been uh, channeling a, um, a warrior me from a past life that I know um, existed and just asking her to really help me in this process. And so put myself back to sleep with those visualizations <laughs> and then woke up and yes, definitely had a breakfast, like a proper br- breakfast with bacon, hash browns, eggs, cup of coffee. 
um, and then a smoothie also, and a glass of water. Um, <laughs> because I, um, yeah, I just, I, I think I just buzz through calories. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I have found in the past is I have a really hard time uh, calibrating my temperature. And so um, I'll either get really hot or I'll get really cold. And especially if I get really cold, I can get really tired and I can bonk mm-hmm. really fast. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing what I know about hunting is if you do harvest an animal, there is a ton of work to do sure. uh, on the on the tail end. And I do, I am super passionate and do want to be an active part of um, that process. So I was just cogn- cognizant of um, taking in enough calories this morning for sure. So we, we start going we go into the place that we're going you know Aaron's our guide he's the environmental manager of the property natural resources manager essentially of the property and um he's like look we're going up this creek we're gonna you know hopefully we'll see something we're not guaranteed of seeing anything um what goes through your mind when that first elk is seen so first we saw a deer booty that's right. So we saw a beautiful buck. Yeah. He's like a little, he's like a little hoss out there, mm-hmm. all bowed up. And he was just munching alone. And I was like, okay. I, I love just seeing the first, a first animal, um, whether it be a hawk or eagle or mm-hmm. deer. So then um, we kept going up the draw and uh, Brian saw some elk and we were just we were about to actually start going again mm-hmm. and so we stopped and sort of oh and we all got out of the truck and it was go time it was go time i got a little pep talk and aaron was great i felt everybody sort of like lock into gear it was mm-hmm. so, super cool i feel like it's like sort of go into a zone and we all got out and we were going to put a hunt on and we got up to where we could see them and they were all gone mm-hmm and so that was great for me because nerves do rise. Um, and I, I think getting movement in my body, getting, you know, going through the motions of with, with my weapon and all the moving parts of everything was a great sort of dry run. So we loaded back up and kept going tiny bit. And all of a sudden you were like, stop. Right. And then we did some a little bit of glassing and everybody laid eyes on this lady mm-hmm. and way up higher drainage yep just below the snow line yeah single by herself by herself wasn't looking at us Mm-mm. i told Aaron, i said just start reversing reverse she's not still there still there she hasn't seen us she hasn't seen us we almost like ducked behind the finger that separated that valley that drainage from the next drainage right where we had previously sort of seen mm-hmm. some and so then we all got out again and we started heading up the hill kind of around the back of that finger mm-hmm. and constantly checking wind. Mm-hmm. And wind was working to our favor. And then at one point we were about halfway up the hill and it looked like, oh, then uh, another buck. Mu- muley buck. Yeah. Buck went by and I was like, oh, he's going to give us away. He's going to go tell her. Mm-hmm. And he just trucked on sort of hopped on by as mm-hmm. as effortless and easy as they make it look mm-hmm. and then we we huck ourselves up there well, um, something else happened between us going through the two creeks yeah we crested over onto the flat and we started going up and you pointed it out 
Do you remember? The hawk? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it cried, right? Uh-huh. Like, Yeah. Almost like your warrior. Yes. Cry, right? <laughs> Little yeah. goose bumpy, yeah. hey? It's my, my, um, I do believe in spirit animals. Mm-hmm. And I do believe in guides. Mm-hmm. So, um, I definitely, like. It's like, she's still there. You don't like, know it. Yep. But don't worry, she's still there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. We're on, like, just, it's a message to me. We're on the right track. Keep going. Mm-hmm. You're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as we were walking up, I was. It was a huff up there, man. I it was, was heavy breathing. Stop halfway up the finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, we were trying to like move with some velocity, but also like I was very cognizant of mm-hmm. like Keep your my heart breath. rate, yeah. Yeah. I was very cognizant of my hands because I didn't, um, I didn't, I wasn't wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted my hands to be um, warm enough and also just so I was like care of the weapon as we were moving through. Sure, sure. Um, because of you guys around and just very cognizant of that. So I was keeping my hands warm as we were walking keeping my breath going, checking in with you, Brian and Aaron. And then we stopped and, um, yeah, just Aaron moved ahead a bit and laid eyes on her and then called me up a bit. And Brian was holding the sticks. sticks. Mm -hmm. And so then I popped the covers on my scope. I just, without the sticks, got her in my sight so that I could know where to put the sticks and put the sticks they weren't right because I then got my sight and a tree ranch was right in the way so moved my sticks a bit took a couple breaths worked through the operations of the gun properly with with being mindful took took stock of my breath again looked through the the sights I was a little bit shaky so I took one more breath in let the sight float around the spot where it needs to be on the exhale, squeezed, trusted, and boom. Down she went. Mm. Didn't go anywhere. No, that was so amazing. Which is, which is exactly what I've been visualizing. Mm-hmm. It's just um, with honor and respect, mm-hmm. just um, taking an animal down to where they don't suffer. It's funny the way that you just described it. It's. A lot of women hunters do exactly what you did. If you ask any of any guides, any outfitters, if they prefer to hunt with guys or girls, women, they prefer women. Because in the moment, you guys become like, you become killers. You become the, like a guy like me. In that moment, I would have been like, <laughs> you know? And, um, Girls don't do that. Girls just like, oh, that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to execute. And it's just like you dial yourself in, focus in, everything tunes out. You get the job done. And you can talk to, I remember Cuz Strickland. You don't know who Cuz Strickland is, but Cuz Strickland is like one of the OGs of whitetail hunting and turkey hunting in the southeast. He was the first guy to start filming it with a guy called Will Primos. Cuz Strickland takes a lot of people hunting. Mm. He says he will take a woman hands down over a guy any single day that he can take a woman hunting. Oh yeah. Because she they know she he knows. As soon as the moment comes, something happens. That you guys just dial it in. There's no like buck fever or doe fever or anything like that. It's just like you guys just dial it in. It it 
feels very much like that. It feels, and it's, it's new to me, but it feels like it's like I shift into a gear that like, like I'm meant to be here. I'm harvesting meat for my family. This Mm -hmm. is very purposeful. Mm -hmm. It's very mindful. It's, it's not rash. I'm not in a rush. There is, there is a point where, where it's very important to get into action, but, um, but yeah, to, to, to really shift into that gear of like harvester, Mm -hmm. like here to Mm -hmm. provide Mm -hmm. and, and to be as respectful and, and yeah, just honorable in the harvest as, as Mm -hmm. it can possibly be. It's very important. And so what we did then is we just sat on the side of the hill. We called the people in, come load the elk and take it away, right? No, no. I mean, we did. You didn't leave any. <laughs> we, we we had someone come up because we were right close to the road to come take the carcass whole. But you experienced the entire thing. You were like, I want to know how to do this. Yeah. That, I think from everything that I've I've been through so far, the... Either either tracking, which we didn't have to do, and also the the preparation on the side of the mountain mm-hmm. for to to properly preserve the meat, but also to take care of 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 every piece of the animal that you can possibly that we can possibly take home mm-hmm. is very important to me. And I might I might not have you and Aaron right. there next next to me next time. So I really wanted to do all of that myself with you guys helping you know, talk me through it because how I many times did you and Brian say, if we had killed an elk last year, oh. <laughs> we were in trouble. I mean, we are good people at figuring things out on the fly. Of course that, you would have figured it out. That said, this is a massive creature that is, there is a, there is a way to do, there are multiple ways to do it right. Sure. And there are multiple obviously ways to do it. And, but there are there are a few ways to do it to where you really do a service to the animal and you do a service to yourself in you know in in preparation for moving the animal and taking care of it um and saving yourself like a lot of hassle and a lot of like yuckiness mm-hmm. if you do it right mm-hmm. so um that was super important to me and and I really do appreciate like greatly appreciate the patience and um knowledge that you both you and Aaron shared with Brian and I during that People process. People listening to this podcast are going to go, Robbie had patience. Yeah. It's like my worst, it's like my greatest weakness. Well, I have zero patience. I know you were, you, there were a couple of times I took my knife. If you notice, I took my knife I off, know. My, so off my bino and I, I did a little bit little and bit. then I stuck the knife back. I know, I know, but I, I so resonate that with that <laughs> because when you, when you are like proficient at something it is so hard to watch a person be a beginner mm. and i that's why i i did did keep saying like <laughs> thank you so much for being patient i know it's so hard because mm. i mean in right like in life especially as adults like by now you're good at stuff mm-hmm. right and so to hold space for somebody to be a beginner and mess up mm. and and stay in it and stay in that teacher role is really is is really actually profound. I mean, a lot of people can't do it. And so I know I felt you uh, working, flexing that muscle for me. And I do appreciate it because you, it's like with kids. I mean, I do it all the time with my kids to where it's, you're just like, oh man, this would go so much faster yeah. if I could just do it. But then they'll never learn. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, let's talk through the things that you are taking home from the animal. Okay. A lot of people are going to be like, well, great. She took, you know, got a bunch of good, really good elk meat. Yes. But we took the kidneys. Yes. We took the liver. Yes. We took the heart. Yes. We took the entire esophagus. Entire esophagus. What are you going to do with the esophagus? It's for the dogs. And what are we going to so do with it? Put it in the Traeger mm-hmm. and smoke it. Mm-hmm. And then... It'll become a nice dried out piece of essentially something, a chew toy. Yes, chew toy. So I've got three golden retrievers and they're going to be so happy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, You are taking the hide. Taking the whole hide. Mm -hmm. You're going to tan tan it it and and wear it around Brian's. (laughs) (laughs) Don't send me pictures (laughs) of you wearing your elk hide around the house because it's probably going to be only the elk hide. and you are taking the skull. Skull. Because it's your first kill. Um, got plans for the skull. You're yeah. taking all the bones. Yes. Taking as many bones as... To make bone broth. Yeah, as that we can. And all the meat. And all the meat. And we're taking the hooves. And the hooves for the and dogs. For, for the dogs. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. That's exactly how I want it. Mm-hmm. So... Very little, if any, to waste. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what we want, you know. A lot of people, again, non-hunters may may not understand, they may not realize. And look, that's not the, you know, you're an exception to the rule, I would say. There's not a lot of people that would take the bones and take the hide and take, you know, from especially a cow elk. But uh, if those are the things that you want and those things need, that's the resource that pr- provides it. Yeah, well, I... um. So the bones are really important to me, both for for our dogs, but actually more importantly for us. I think bone broth is mm. incredibly important as a staple throughout the winter and really throughout the year for um, our immune system. And it has it has really helped me in the past, let's say like five to seven years of 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 drinking it throughout the winter. You drink it every day. Like, do you have a little shot of it, or what do you do? Um, I prepare batches, and then we'll have it in sort of chunks of time. So, um, I I free I I make yeah, a, no, but a, a like bunch. What do I you do for from a dietary perspective? Or you just like use weekly, it in like weekly? Just you, I use it like I'll use bone broth to make rice instead of water. Oh, okay. I'll okay. use bone broth in um, making red beans and rice. Okay. Uh, in in gumbo yeah, or yeah. in any any soup base i'll use bone broth instead of gotcha. uh store-bought broth gotcha so i make it a huge batch and then um and then freeze it and then throughout the winter just use it really in everything i use it in, if i make a pot roast i'll use bone broth gotcha gotcha yeah. and you scoop off the fats and stuff like that is it just pure liquid um it just depends on on sort of the use um i will i will make like a bone broth and then I'll make, I'll go like straight from that bone broth into like a chicken soup. Mm. So the way I make my bone broth sometimes with um, like celery and onions and stuff like that. And so I just kind of keep a bunch of the stuff in. Okay. And then, at, but I, I also, I also have skimmed everything off and gotten it to that like really so much more you, clear. So you'll, you'll make bone broth like you won't just make a huge batch of bone broth and say, okay, now we're good for the next two, six months. You'll just make a batch, use it, and then you'll do another batch. So you'll keep the b- bones frozen. Frozen. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Frozen and then roast them. Yeah. 
So I'll put them in the oven, roast them, and then boil them. It's a whole like process. Yeah. Easier to keep, um, easier to keep the bones and do it in small batches in the house as mm-hmm. opposed to outside on the propane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I've never done that. You may inspire me to do it. Okay, well, that's what I'm here to do. Inspire. <laughs> well, congratulations. Welcome to the tribe. Mm. Um, yeah, thank you for being a supporter of, of what we do. Well, thank you for having me. And You're thank welcome. you for um, just in the bit that we've gotten to know each other. Thank you for having the courage and the stick to to create what you're creating. I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I'm excited to watch what is ahead for Blood mm-hmm. Origins. We're excited too. Yeah. All right. You got a sauna coming. I do. My sauna's on. <laughs> well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.